You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. The first thing I want to start with is kind of the core principle behind my book, Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. And that core principle is this. You don't want to give the defense a free shot at anything. You want to take away as much of their case as you possibly can, but you don't want to make excuses for your case. You don't want to make it sound like your case has got a whole bunch of problems and I got a whole bunch of explaining to do. On the other hand, you don't want to let them present a bunch of their favorite facts and you leave them out there unattended to so it sounds like you have no answer and have the jury saying, boy, you had me going there. I thought you had a good case. Why didn't you tell me about all this? And it creates a dilemma because if you talk too much about their side of the case, you're trying their case. If you ignore it, then they get a free shot and you sound like you got a lousy case and you only told the jury part of the story. And this system, if you really boil it down, it allows you to take that head on, try your case, never concede their case, and try your case from a position of strength, all the while really swallowing whole their case. And it really breaks down into a easy to apply over and over three steps. And let me run through them. I don't have time to hit each one in detail. That's a longer conversation. I'd encourage you to read the book or listen to the audio tape winning at the beginning. But I want to hit the highlights for you just to get the concept because it's so important. And here are the three steps. They're not hard. First one, you want to eliminate defense favorite facts if you can. What's that mean? Drop things and file a motion in limine. If your client's husband is a philanderer, don't bring the consortium claim. You're going to lose. If your client worked on tips and didn't file tax returns, drop the wage loss claim. You don't need it. It's a simple idea of I do not want to give the defense a big target to shoot at. And nobody cares how you end up with a fair result so long as you end up with a fair result. It isn't about the categories. So drop those type things and file motions in limity to keep them out. So that's number one. Eliminate if you can eliminate. If you cannot eliminate the defense favorite facts, then you want to try to own them. Owning them is very disruptive to the defense case. How do you own them? I'll give you a quick example. I had a case in which someone was rear-ended by a tractor trailer. And I looked at, before we got ready for the case, I was looking at the repair bill. And the repair bill showed the car had been put on the rack for like 200 bucks. The whole repair bill was only like 700 But I assume that meant the metal frame was bent. It certainly was a fair conclusion from reading the bill. So the lawyer came to me. They know to bring to me the facts that the defense is going to be parading around. And he told me, well, there's a big problem here that they say the crash happened at three miles per hour. And our accident reconstruction just reported back to us that, yeah, three miles an hour, maybe less. That was the most. It could have been. So we dropped that expert, and then I applied this principle of owning their favorite facts, try to bring them over to our side of the ledger. And it went like this. 
always wait to the end of opening. You presented your evidence. You presented your good stuff. And right before you sit down, it starts with to make matters worse. The reason I do it late is it leaves the defense off their game trying to figure out what in the world to do with it. They didn't see it coming. So in that case, here's how we owned it. The 80,000-pound tractor trailer, fully loaded, packed such a wallop at a mere three miles an hour, it bent the metal frame on my client's car. Imagine what it did to her spine. Now, I can tell you that totally disrupted the defense case to the point they didn't even call their accident reconstructionist because we took three miles an hour, which had been their single favorite fact, and moved it to our side of the ledger. How? It's simply the why. I've talked in the past about the wisdom of the whys. Here's the why. I sat and thought, I believe my client really was hurt. Why are we still right if the crash was only three miles per hour? And it dawned on me from some old physics class that force is what comes from speed plus mass. Velocity plus mass equals force. And all of a sudden, I went, wait a minute, I'm only looking at half the equation, speed. What about the mass? That'd be like the difference between a little toddler hitting me in the back and a middle linebacker for the New York Giants. And it's different because of the mass. So once I figured the why out, you wrap the words around it, and it became... At a mere three miles an hour, this 80,000-pound fully loaded tractor trailer packed such a wallop it bent the metal frame on the car. Imagine what it did to my client's spine. So that's an example of owning it. So eliminate if you can, own it if you cannot. Try to. It's always worth a try. But you can't own all the facts. In the book, there are a number of other examples of how to own it. But once you pass through one and two in this system, then you come to three, which is the most universally useful part of the system, which is what I call in context versus out of context. And it is a way for you to talk about facts in which the defense has twisted something to make it look like a good fact for them, when in fairness, it really isn't. And I can go through a long list of examples of those, and those two are in the book. But let me just give you one. And I want to tell you before I give you the one what to listen for. I'm not making excuses. Listen closely for if it sounds like, boy, he's got a lot of explaining going on here for a bad case. Or does it sound like this? The defense is about to say something to you that really is twisting the facts and I'm going to set the record straight so you're not misled. There's nothing apologetic about that. Now, of course, you can't say it bluntly like that because you're an opening statement and you'll hear that's argumentative. But there's nothing wrong with doing this, which gives you the momentum to go into it from the high ground. And it's this. In life, one of the worst things that can happen is for something to be taken out of context if you're serious about the business of getting to the truth of a matter. In a courtroom, it's doubly important that things be put in context. Now, I want to pause for a moment. It's important when I said out of context, I wasn't talking about the courtroom I was talking about in life. When I moved to the courtroom, I flipped it to it's doubly important to put things in context. There's nothing objectionable about talking about the importance of putting things in context. But the flow of that gets you the energy and momentum of 
I understand what he's talking about. He's wanting to set the record straight here so that there isn't anything taken out of context. And then you go from there and you say, I'm not going to be able to get back up. They get a chance to hear everything I'm going to say, and then they can comment on what I've said and what they want to say. I won't get to get back up, but I have a pretty good idea what they're going to say. And I want to put that in context. Your little pause, the little pause alerts the jury that you're not making an excuse. You're about to point out something that's not fair. So you say, so before I sit down, I want to tell you some of the stuff they're going to tell you because I want to put it in context. For example, they're going to say that my client went to the emergency room and the film in the emergency room showed two things, just a plain old x-ray, not a fancy MRI. And that film showed two things. One, that it was normal except it showed degenerative disc disease that had to have been there before the crash. Now, all of that's true, folks, but let me put that in context. Every single doctor you hear from will admit that you will not see a herniated disc on a plain film x-ray. All you'd see is if there was a broken bone. And nobody says my client broke her neck. My client had a herniated disc, and they didn't do an MRI for about a month because everyone was hoping it was going to get better. And when it didn't, the specialist ordered an MRI, and lo and behold, there was the herniated disc right at the hinge joint. So yes, the plain film was normal because it would never have shown the injury we're here for, the herniated disc, and nobody says my client broke her neck. And the second part of it, the defense tells you that it showed she had degenerative disc disease, as if my client, poor, poor client of mine, has a terrible disease in her neck. Except let's put that in context, too. Every doctor, again, who walks in this court will admit that that is just the normal aging process. It's not a disease. That's just the name people gave it. And if my client at 50 years old didn't have it, they'd be calling doctors all over the country having a special meeting to figure out why not. And if their doctors they've hired won't admit it, I'll cross-examine them, and by the end they will admit that's the normal aging process. Now, let me tell you something else they're going to tell you and put that in context, too. And you just go down the next two or three of those things, like gaps in treatment, like subjective versus objective. And as you go through those, you can hit them from the high ground, trying your case and making no apologies. So you will have, in conclusion, remember, the system is tried and it will work. It's simple. It simply works. One, eliminate if you can eliminate. If you can't eliminate, try to own it. If you can't own it, for goodness sake, put it in context so they can't take it out of context. And I promise you, that is a winning opening. Thank you. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.